the Cinderella podcast, where we watch and review every Cinderella adaptation we can get our hands on, discussing the same story over and over until we slowly go insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched Cinderella Gets It On, made in 1975, which is the Carol Burnett disco Cinderella. Yes, you heard that correctly. It sure is. So listeners, I'm going to share something with you. My mom found this for us. I would not have found this. And I watched it first just to see if it was actually a Cinderella. And then I put it on the list and Talon and I watched it together. And then I watched it again. And my notes are just word salad, just chaos. This adaptation throws a lot at you. Real fast. Real fast. I don't know how you, I'm genuinely impressed that you managed to take notes the first time that you watched it. I think I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I think I'm getting worse. Um, okay. I'm genuinely very proud of you. <laughs> okay. So what this is, is a sketch, a Cinderella sketch from the 12th episode of the ninth season of the Carol Burnett show, which was a very long running comedy variety show featuring Carol Burnett, who is our Cinderella, who is hilarious. So I was very excited. She is a hoot. She's a riot. She's, um, I think my first introduction to Carol Burnett was as the evil queen in Once Upon a Mattress. It's uh, The Princess and the Pea, but a musical and also funny and weird. But she plays the evil queen and she's a hoot. Carol Burnett is really funny is what we're saying. She's just, she's great. So Talon, how does this, I guess we're going to call this a movie. How does this movie open? Can you set the scene? I will try. <laughs> so it starts with Carol Burnett actually introducing the sketch, saying the story of Cinderella has taken many forms. It's been a motion picture by Walt Disney, an opera by Rossini, and a TV musical by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And I'm sitting there like, yes, yes, I'm familiar. We are familiar. And then she goes, well, tonight we'd like to bring you our version of Cinderella. Cinderella gets it on. And she says it in a very like Baba Boom kind of way that I can't imitate. It's great. Carol Burnett is going to do a lot of different voices throughout this that neither Talon nor I have the comedic mm, chutzpah to emulate. So just go watch this. It's 24 minutes. It's screamingly funny. We're going to try to review it for you in case you don't have 24 minutes to watch this, but you somehow have an hour and a half to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> Maybe you're on a long car trip. So after Carol Burnett introduces it, a narrator also introduces the story by saying, once upon a time in the land of the Sunset Strip, there was a groovy pad, and then there's pad, hung out a mother and her three funky daughters by her first stud. Which is a heck of an introduction. <laughs> it's an amazing introduction. So we got to stop first. We have to describe this room set that we open on because the longer you look at it, the weirder it gets. Oh, please do. So the room is all the sort of lavender color with big sage green purple stripes in not a regular fashion. The stripes go around doorways and up corners of walls. There's half a bathtub next to the sofa, the long half of a bathtub just pressed against a wall with a door directly over it. Inside the bathtub are two tall palm fronds and next to the bathtub is a massive die, just one six-sided die and a little tiny staircase that leads down from behind the, again, half bathtub and the door. There's a sofa that is blessedly just plain and a glass table. I missed <sighs> all of that. I know you I did because I watched this for the third time and I just noticed that like that's not a table, that's a die. That is a die that is as tall as my knee. That is what? Oh, so I literally looked at it and my brain was like, we're not processing any of that. Let's go, <laughs> moving on. Well, and so the reason, beloved listener, the reason that Talon was able to completely miss the half bathtub with a door that opens directly into it, holding palm fronds with a massive die next to it is because we're looking at a family 
that is dressed in just I'm the one that's supposed to do the costumes and um, here's where we run into a problem. I stopped caring about the costumes in the 1940s and this is set in the 70s. So I, I'll be brutally honest with you. I do not know how much of what we saw is an exaggeration on what was worn versus no, this was just sort of the more extreme end of what was worn. I can't tell if this is a exaggeration parody or if this is just I mean that's a little out there but yeah no that's a reasonable outfit they look like they look like what you think of as very 70s outfits but very like neon yeah so the stepmother is wearing a sparkly purple absolutely skin tight dress with just a wild pattern on it it is off the shoulders and very short and has black wide black fur trimming around it everybody is wearing massive massive platform high heel shoes just my ankles hurt just looking at them the stepmother also has these green glasses that look like fancy leaves with big cutout bits over the eyes like a like one of those really cool leather masks at a renaissance fair with all the cutout parts and it's all swirly and cool like that everybody's wearing a wig with the same hair color it's this reddish yellow strawberry platinum blonde color the stepmother's is in this very curly large curly big head thing i do you have better words please tell me you have better words I don't have better words. I think we just have to go like, okay. We just have just, to do our best. Just extreme. Okay. There's three sisters. I've got them in my note as pinky, purple, and greeny. Cause that's those colors that they wear. They very kindly color coordinated themselves. The three sisters are all dressed in very similar outfits. They all have neon skin tight capris with matching platform heels and the pink sister has two super sparkly big pink bows on the side of her head bigger than my hands just massive and sort of very curly hair the three sisters are black by the way um I was this is when you were gonna pause to bring that up it i, I forget about it because it's never relevant this movie is as colorblind as the as colorblind as the brandy cinderella so it just it is not important that they are black they are though uh so if you want to visualize the hair is just this very silky again platinum strawberry blonde wig color the purple sister has a wraparound top the green sister has just a bandeau top with fingerless opera length neon green gloves with little jingly fringes on them the green sister has her hair done in a big ball on top of her head with a smaller ball of hair on top of that it looks sort of like a kong if anybody has dogs out there and the other sister the purple sister has long hair and they are just being hip so what they're doing is they're like vibing one sister is i think listening to a walkman and then another one appears to be painting her nails and then the third one is like playing on some bongo drums and she oh, yeah. starts singing mm -hmm. oh and the stepmother is doing her is like filing her nails and singing with them and they like seem like they're having a really wonderful time they're all jamming together i yeah, kind of really appreciated the family solidarity until it was like wait a second this is like the evil wait. step family and it's... the reason that these that this seems so happy and wholesome is because cinderella hasn't arrived yet yep. so no one's like bullying anybody yep so they they yell for cinderella and Carol Burnett makes her entrance. She is wearing 
the plainest green dress that goes to her knees. She's just dressed super dorky, just 1970s super dork. It's this white plaid, wide collared dorky dress with a green dorky dress over it with a white and red plaid apron dorkily over that with dorky little sneakers and her hair is in a little Saddle dorky shoes. bow. They're little she's she's dorking it up real hard and she's doing great and her voice is very well I didn't know it's but like funny because Carol Burnett so the narrator explains that the mother also had a stepdaughter that came from her second dude and this chick's name was Cinderella and she goes hi how everyone I'm sorry I was so tardy so she is kind of a little bit lame she is super lame we find that she has been waiting in line for 18 hours to get the last tickets to the rock concert at the Palace of Rock. That's it. That's where they're going. Where um, um, the Elton, the fake Elton John is going to be, who they refer to as Elfin John. This is the first time that we've mentioned Elton John. The prince is going to be Elton John, guys. Right. Yes. Yeah, so he's, he's the Prince of Rock. So he's the prince is mm-hmm. what's happening yep uh his but they're is- very excited they're very excited that he's going to be there they sure are they sing another song uh this is the cinderella you're a square song where she attempts to help them get ready and they make fun of her she's told to do things like tie my blouse and clean the house and she's racing around and they're just making fun of her and she's clumsy and she cries and they run out the door they're basically not so much abusing her like the way you typically see a Cinderella having to take care of people, they're just telling her that she's a square over and over again and that they're going to have a really good time at the disco. Yeah, they do start to get pieces of their evening outfit together. So the green sister gets, what are those things called that you unfurl to put in your car windshield to keep it from getting too hot? Oh, I have no idea what they're called, but I know what you're talking about those things she gets a green circular one of those things put over the kong on her head as her hat um pinky gets a two foot long silver cigarette holder and the purple sister just gets a big pile of feathers or fur or something as they just race around manically and then leave at which point cinderella sings a very comically sad reprise of the Cinderella you're a square song and she's looking at herself in a little hand mirror going Cinderella you're a square and it's just it's great so she also accidentally sits down on the mirror and breaks it with a very comedic mirror breaking sound yep it's it's a good comedy beat solid Cinderella then sings an I Wish song, which is a very fluttery, high song. She bats her lashes a lot. She sort of clasps her hands soulfully together. Um, This might be a younger listener thing, but it's Fiona's song from Shrek is what it is. Oh, yes. Yep, it's that song. It's just very high pitched and then sort of modulates and she does like this ha thing, but like it's very high pitched. I can't. But it's very high pitched, so it's very silly sounding. Yes. Anyway, what she's wishing for is she wishes she was foxy, and that she was slick, and that she was some kind of super chick, uh, one that would blow your mind. Tina Turner and Cher combined. That's her dream. And at this point in the music, her singing style changes from high-pitched airy wishful to very low and bluesy just share combined it's just all out of nowhere and it's really funny and she then proceeds to try to dance she spins quite badly and she says she's going to boogie she says boogie really weird and just puts her fingers in the air just two of them by her shoulders and just sort of does a doot 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 kind of movement she's not like a very natural dancer and you can tell that she's like a deeply awkward individual which i thought was really funny and the second part of her song is that you know if i were with it i'd do my thing at the disco 
and basically she's making up the scenario where everyone's going to be looking at her and being like wow there goes a chick who really knows what's going down yeah Um, again and we end on a very bluesy note and then we go back into the i wish part and we get the part where there is a sing-along back and there are sounds that come back to her as she sings i wish i wish there's an echo that comes back it's and, meant to be like the ha part but it's yeah. like very garbled and very deep and it just keeps going and then there's fireworks and smoke and the fairy godmother appears and it is definitely a guy in drag uh Liv tells me that this is Harvey Corman. if that this means is Harvey Corman. this is a Harvey Corman, guys this is Harvey Corman from Blazing Saddles from Dracula Dead and Loving It from other stuff that I haven't watched because I'm not super into older movies but it's Harvey Corman, and he's hysterical this outfit again is hard to describe it's very blue um yes and very like latexy and overstuffed Oh, oh, very much. Harvey Corman has massive bazongas, just huge tracts of land in a very, very skin tight dress that's very low cut and is very weirdly high cut. It's one of those sort of fishtail dresses that arches to a point sort of near the crotch and has lace and tulle and sort of fluffy stuff coming out from beneath it so it's a very it's a very weird dress and Harvey Corman is just dripping in sparkly jewelry massive earrings massive necklaces massive crown of silver and rings and bracelets and he's also got little fairy wings on little fairy wings and guys you gotta the, the accent that he chooses to use is very just German-Jewish. He goes places- full Jewish mother. Oh, like, absolutely. It's kind of hilarious because I have a Jewish mother and like, I love that joke. Like, I love every Jewish mother joke. Yeah, so he's just on screen for a second and Cinderella looks at him and sort of looks at the camera and looks at him and so smiles and confusedly and looks at the camera again and there's this great long moment of what and finally she looks at him and goes what are you i I mean who are you and he goes your fairy godmother marcus you're expecting maybe tinkle tink tinkle bell tinkle he says tinkle bell and then he goes let me sit my wings are killing me so he can't do, like, he can't do the voice, but he's saying, oh, what a day I've had. What miracles I've wrought. I got a doctor to make a house call. I got my son to visit me. I saved New York City from bankruptcy. The word he chooses to use is bankrupture, by the way. Um, oh, that's what I wrote. And then I went back into my notes and I was like, why did I write that? That's nope. not the word. <laughs> nope. He says bankrupture. My computer is also adamant that I've chosen the wrong word. Cinderella does, at this point, a very high-pitched giggle and Harvey Corn pinches her cheeks and Cinderella goes, well, could you make a miracle for me? And Fairy Godmother says, you know, yes. And Cinderella goes, could you make me a hip chick? And the Fairy Godmother goes, you want me to make you a lip chits? Again, this whole thing is done in, with Carol Burnett in a very, very dorky tone of voice. And she does more high-pitched giggles. And she says, no, I, I want to be a hip chick. And we then get the fairy godmother's song, which is a klezmer song called If You Wish It. Basically, the fairy godmother is saying, all right, if that's what you wish, that's what you get. You, you get the thing that you want. You, you are what you wish. A bird is a fish. A bagel is a yam. It goes on and on like that. And then at one point, our Cinderella goes, oh, well, can I also wish my chest wasn't so flat? And the fairy godmother kind of looks down and goes, we'll see. Yep. So the fairy godmother requests two 45-speed records with a hole in the middle. It's this great just klezmer music at this point. I could not, I, I will never get over how great it is. 
And then Carol Burnett brings by two records and says what they are. It's Lawrence Welk and Guy Lombardo. I also don't know who they are, but I did write it down. Oh, If excellent. you know who they are, you should email us at cinderellapodcast at gmail.com and tell us what their favorite songs are. And the fairy godmother says good enough. So I guess the implication is that they're not very cool, but maybe they're cool now. Who knows? And then she starts requesting another object and Carol Burnett goes, oh, a pumpkin. And the fairy godmother goes, no, a pumpernickel. And so Cinderella brings her one and it's like round and she baked it herself. And the fairy godmother goes, gorgeous. And then she throws it and there's an explosion and she goes, zit. It's so great. Harvey Corman just straight up I can't tell if you're shaking your head at me because I'm doing something wrong or because you're just enjoying yourself. I'm just enjoying myself so much. I'm sorry. I'll start nodding my head when I'm enjoying myself. But I just, I got to chime in. Harvey Corbin shot puts these three items across the room. It's the best transformation scene. I love it. It's great. Talon, can you describe the... um, mode of transportation that is created from these two records and one pound pumpernickel loaf we're told it's a motorcycle but it's a very low to the ground spread out pointy kind of motorcycle yep it's got a sidecar carol burnett goes glorisky zero that's teen and they thought maybe glorisky zero was the name of the motorcycle but no, it's just the thing that she says from a comic strip, and it's supposed to be like another way that she's square because everyone laughs. Yep. So she says, oh, Godmother Marcus, I can't go to the Rock Palace, even in that beautiful carriage. I don't have a thing to wear. Okay, but she says it in this very dorky, pouty voice. So she goes, I don't have a thing to wear. It's less like babyish, but not by much. <laughs> I can't do it exactly, but I just, you guys <laughs> gotta know. She does so many voices. It's fabulous. So the fairy godmother suggests, oh, okay, I can make you a nice dress with a stole and some pumps and a matching handbag. And Cinderella's just looking at him, mm, not shaking her head. She goes, no, I want something hip. So the fairy godmother goes, all right, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. And she's wearing this shiny glittery outfit. Do you want to describe it? I'm, it's, it's white bell bottoms that are skin tight and covered in silver sparkling fringe. Uh, she has a wraparound halter top, also white with lots of sparkly silver fringe. And she has long hair now. She's had very short hair up until now. And it's the same silvery platinum strawberry blonde wig that everybody else is wearing and her voice changes from super dorky to just talking normally which is probably for the best yes very much so very much so so the fairy godmother tells her to leave by the stroke of 12 and she's like oh i have to leave by midnight and she goes no wait no by 12 noon our functions don't even start till midnight it's so great i love it i love it that makes me so happy and then they both get on the motorcycle and the fairy godmother makes like a yarmulke, a yarmulke. I can't say it. How do you say okay. it? Okay. Cinderella gets in the sidecar and Harvey Corman gets into the actual motorcycle and says, oh, I always wanted to ride a Japanese motorcycle, a yarmulke. <laughs> and it's great. And they ride off again from the middle of the room. So adding this one to the list. I I believe that that motorcycle could potentially fit through a doorway, not a a standard doorway, but it's got a sidecar. I'm just saying it could theoretically fit through a doorway in a home. That home is strange enough that it could have double doors. Okay. But it does still leave from an interior room is what I'm saying. Oh, yes. But it doesn't necessarily have to do so by magic or by breaking down a wall. Okay. Okay. I can add another column to the list. Don't add another column to the list. (laughs) So then there's a to-be-continued sign, and then we switch, and we're at the party. And there's actually not a whole lot of people at this party, and I'm trying to keep in mind that this is for a TV sketch show, but it did kind of ruin the vibe a little bit for me. Okay, 
here's the thing my internal comment was oh this is such a great amount of people for a party because this is maybe 20 people and that's a really good number well she stood in line for 18 hours for the tickets maybe she stood in the wrong line for 18 hours because she's a dummy like you don't know it doesn't matter so this club is very uh minimal in the set uh it's got very bright lights sort of shining at diagonals across the background everybody's wearing really intense 70 clothes i have no other way to describe these clothes my note literally says that the sisters are wearing more feathers on their outfits um and then some very 70s looking guys come up to them to dance i did not try to describe the guys just picture the most 70s looking man but there's three of them yes that's who dances with them I do have notes on their outfit. So Purple Sister has fur on a short fringe see-through skirt over her capris. The Greeny Sister has neon green leg warmers attached to the bottom of her capris. And the pink one has now long lord of the rings trailing sleeves but they are neon pink and see-through with fur at the ends talon's nodding emphatically i just want to be clear y'all yeah i realized that that was a weird on our screens yeah that's a weird sentence that i just said but that come up with a better sentence i I dare you um stepmother is no no the stepmother is wearing the same outfit and they all grab again just classic 70s dudes and start to dance one of them is wearing a sparkly beret over his long shoulder length hair like picture the guys from abba yes kind of kind of anyway they announced that the prince of rock elfin john is there and he's you know meant to be elton john so he's got a giant top hat on really big glasses he's wearing this spangly cat suit with these big silver platform boots mm-hmm. and he plays some music he doesn't sing because i don't think the actor that they got was going to be able to match elton john for singing but yep. then he takes the piano bench and like takes the legs off of it and kind of gently throws them and also throws the piano bench offset and i don't know if that's meant to be him being like wild and doing rock star shenanigans or unclear what um, that was elfin john is also wearing uh massive square white glasses a big studded dog collar and like a wrestling belt with leather wrist guards as if he was going to need to shoot a bow and arrow or something just to give you a full picture Yes. um, So he's just dressed like Elton John. Basically. To the point where I had to ask, is that really Elton John? Did they have him (laughs) as a musical guest? And then as the sketch went on, I was like, okay, that's not actually Elton John. But I did have a moment of like, I don't know, those glasses are really big. It could be him. I love you. (laughs) So he announced that the next song is, quote, she's yellow and built like a brick road. And then we sparkle cut to Cinderella who's just at the ball now she's just there yes and she's the only one wearing white so i immediately goes to her i love this moment in every cinderella where she stands out from the room in some way and they actually they did a really good job with that i believe that she's really standing out yeah no she really is the stepsisters sing a song about how awesome she is and okay they sing exactly the thing that she was imagining somebody might say about her yes they're like, wow, who's that girl? She's so cool. Oh, look at her doing that, her thing. There goes a chick who really knows what's going down. They're saying like all of the things word for word that she said, you know, a chick who would blow your mind, Tina Turner and Cher combined. It's so good. I love that. I think that's a really great way for the movie to let us know that this is genuinely everything that she wanted. No, I thought that was really cute. I like it when songs get a reprise by somebody else who didn't hear the original song. I don't yeah. know. I think that's cute. Yeah, no, anyway, it was good. They um, end the song by whispering, who's that foxy chick? And then they decide to go get her autograph for Cinderella. 
so the stepmother goes to get her autograph saying oh cinderella's gonna be so jealous which was a weird thing to say and as she goes over cinderella manages to somehow step on the weird black faux fur fringe on her dress and rips it and goes to try to fix it to try to help and is sort of holding this fur up near the stepmother's thighs who goes what you doing down there she goes what you doing down there superstar it's great it's great and cinderella realizes that she has uh accidentally fallen back into her old mode of existing and goes oh i was i was just getting ready to to do my my dance move yeah my my dance move and Liv, what is the dance called it's called the slump so she basically manages to say oh i was just going to do a dance but no i don't want to do it anymore and she's about to extricate herself from the situation but elfin john comes down from the piano and he's he's fussy because he's playing his fingers to the bone and ain't nobody paying attention and he's just sort of ranting about this and in mid-conversation he turns to cinderella and just goes wow 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 he goes wow what's happening at the end of all of those wows it's great and she goes gee hey man everything's cool dude she's trying real hard to not be square um he's just throwing in like man and dude at the end of every sentence which is what i do when i try to be cool yeah absolutely absolutely so he he asked to see her dance and she goes oh i couldn't possibly and without my choreographer and, and then, then the fairy godmother reappears yes and immediately goes up to elton john and starts hitting him and doing very provocative shimmies the fairy godmother is much taller than the guy playing elton john so the shimmies Even are in very his platform boots oh yeah because harvey corman is a tall gentleman and so his uh, ample cleavage is directly in uh, elton john's face and it's it's a very funny moment so the way that the fairy godmother hits on elfin john is hello prince want a blintz and calls him a regular hot nick and asks if there's something she can do for him but kind of may westily yes <laughs> <laughs> um so cinderella tries to um to clue the fairy godmother into the oh, i need you to magic me up a dance i need you to help me with this without actually saying it and the fairy godmother asks so what is the new dance and someone goes it's called the schlump and she goes oh you knew my first husband and then she goes gather around in a clump and we'll teach you the schlump and she directs them to first shake their tuckus then do a little pump then do a little robot and then make a little bump and then they just say the words tuckus pump robot bump all over and then they do it and it's it doesn't look like that different from any other 70s dance no it's just a lot of like doing the mashed potato is that what it's yeah. called when you do the arm yeah. i'm waving my arms around for live talon is indeed waving of arms um and what they sing is essentially the rock around the clock song but it's they do schlumpf at random points yes and they sing about doing it basically on the hour every hour and that's how we elapse the time until noon 12 hours this is the most time that a Cinderella has ever spent with a prince. It's a really long dance number. I felt it. Uh, yeah. So Cinderella goes, I got a split. And Elfin John is kind of looking at her and is like, what? And she's like, I gotta go. And then she runs out and then she runs back in, hands him one of her shoes and runs back out again. Which makes as much sense for leaving your shoe behind as anything so why not yeah so she, she gives him a kiss on the cheek and you know braces off walks back hands him a shoe and he goes hey chick for a shoe and then we cut to home we are back at home and the stepsisters and mother are still wearing all of their just crazy neon feathers and fur uh, and they are soaking their feet in again i want to be clear this is half of a bathtub this is a this is a bathtub cut in length like a hot dog and there is a 
six inch ledge behind it on which three of them are sitting. It's a stage. They're on the stage. Yes, I know. I just, I want to be clear. This is how you do a low budget production though. This is how you do, we're not spending any money on this. It's a stage. Deal with it. You don't so, seem like you're dealing with it very well. Oh, I love it. I loved it. That's the thing. They didn't have, they didn't have styrofoam trees and try to tell me I was in a forest. They were just like, here's a door. It opens onto six inches. So again, so the, the door directly above the bathtub opens uh, and Cinderella comes out and she is still wearing the one shoe, which again is a massive platform heel and her other shoe is a flat sneaker. So she is doing a very lopsided walk as she walks along this, again, six inch ledge and down little bitty six inch wide stairs to help them do whatever it is they need doing with their sore feet. The stepmother and the stepsisters don't seem to notice that she's wearing one of the shoes and she's just like getting more hot water. They're all soaking their feet in the bathtub. Yeah. And they're talking about everything that went down at the dance and how they didn't really get to dance with the prince that much because that new chick danced every dance with them. And then there's a news flash on TV that announces that Elfin John is conducting a massive search for the cool chick he danced with, and he's already tried the shoe on 18,000 feet, and then yep. he shows up at their door. Yeah, wearing, um, oh, please describe this. I, uh, so uh, he's wearing basically a, a women's 1880s black velvet brocade floor-length winter robe coat thing with again a four-foot top hat with massive feathers coming out the side it looks incredible it looks so pretty I would 100% I would wear that as a winter coat it's so classy it's got these sort of high pointy shoulders but that are just sort of delicately poofed and long sleeves and it's black velvet with this really pretty like purple and pink embroidered designs it's so rich it's so lush it looks like the 1880s it's gorgeous it has these really interesting and intricate silver ties all down the front I loved it I felt weird about how much I loved it it was stunning it was it was my favorite outfit of the entire uh show thank you I, I feel very validated <laughs> So he's like, oh, man, thank goodness this is the last pad. Any of you chicks want to try on this shoe? And the stepsisters fight over it, and the stepmother gets it first and announces that it fits perfectly, but she kind of stumbles around, and he goes, nah, give it back. I'm going to make a planter out of it. Oh, man. She goes, see, it totally fits. And he goes, hold on. That don't fit at all. Give it back. I'm going to make a planter out of it. It's, it's a pump, but, like, it's a platform set how do you make a planter out of that shoe i don't know but i want to see him try and i want to like i would buy one off his etsy yeah so cinderella asks if she can try it on and walks towards him just incredibly lopsided just she's full on bobbing it's hilarious because there's such a high difference between her it's, shoes it's at least six inches and they're really emphasizing it to show that she's already wearing the one shoe oh, yeah. and no one's noticed. So like really playing it up. Yeah. So Elfin John gives her the shoe and she proceeds to sit down and try it on as the stepmother sings another mocking song at her. And this was an amazing comedy moment of singing. So she sings, Ooh, Cinderella thinks she can woo. With Elfin John. It makes like a squeak. It was great. I was dying. It's so funny. She plays it up so well as this mocking tone. And the shoe fits, obviously, because it's Cinderella. And Carol Burnett stands up. And the stepmother continues to sing, but changes her tune to Who's my favorite daughter and the best daughter I ever had? Who's going to make room for her mama to move in with her and Elton and take care of her forever and ever and ever and ever and ever? It was very funny. It was it was a really good moment. Yes. 
So then Elephant John goes, you're the foxy chick at the dance. And then he goes, well, glad you got your shoe back. And he claps her on the shoulder and leaves and just walks out the door. Okay, but it's because he's disappointed that she's so square. Because he goes, Oh, I thought it's because he's gay. No, it's because he's disappointed. He's like, you were the foxy chick with the hair. And she's like, yeah, it was me. And he goes, with the dress and the moves. And she's like, yeah. And he just sort of looks at her with this confused, like, ugh, look on his face and goes and just claps her on the shoulder and goes, well, glad you got your shoe back and books it out the door. And she just starts to sob in a very comedic way. Oh, wow. We had really different interpretations of that scene. I mean, that's what I saw happening. Okay. Okay. I mean, you have watched it three times and I watched it one and a half. Okay. So we're going to go with yours. So, okay do, we can argue about this I mean so, no I now that you've explained it that makes more sense okay thank god I was like I, I don't think I could have gotten this that wrong anyway anyways so her tears summon Harvey Corman again and the fairy Cinderella's, godmother the fairy godmother sorry and Cinderella explains what's happened that she loves him but he doesn't love her because I'm so square and fairy godmother tells her that there's other gefilte fish in the sea but you were fight you were meant for each other why fight it and waves her wand at the door and then Alvin john the actor comes back into the room but he's wearing just a suit and like a little hat and it's all very bland and very normal 70s office man just extremely boring just the most and now boring. he's a square too He's selling stuff though, Talon. Did you did you write down what he's selling? No. Okay, he's selling a toothbrush and a possible broom. And Cinderella approaches him and goes, Oh, Elfin, you're a square. And she kisses him on the cheek. And then she goes, You're a square. And she kisses him on the cheek twice and she goes, You're a square. Well, he also looks at her and goes, Wow, are you ever a keen? Oh yeah, right. I forgot that part. Anyways, so the, the implication is that now that he is not um, hip, he likes her. And I, I will have many questions about this. I'm going to want to discuss this. Okay. But we're almost done. We're almost done. So Cinderella then sings the opening song again as her stepsisters proceed to give her random bits of their outfit. And by random, I mean she gets the green sister's hat, the pink sister's two-foot-long cigarette holder, the stepmother's ripped fur hem as a stole and something they're just from the kind pants. of draping things on her like they're decorating a christmas tree but like badly yeah and then everybody's dancing um cinderella and the elton john character are dancing very squarely very very not cool but everybody else is dancing pretty fun and then the end and that's it and that's it. We're we are finished with this Cinderella now. So how do how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Well, feeling okay. I feel like yeah. I maybe missed some key things. Yeah. So okay. I I'm super curious about this. What are your highs and lows then? This whole thing didn't have highs and lows. It just stayed at the same beavered pitch the entire time. It like hit a note. And then it just stayed there and it never calmed down. We never got a moment to breathe. I don't know how I'm supposed to take highs and lows because it didn't, it didn't have any. I, I agree with that assessment completely. What was the most unexpected moment for you? What moment were you most caught off guard by? I was really caught off guard by Elton, the fake Elton John. Yeah. I, I did really enjoy the Jewish drag, uh, drag, fairy godmother I, I, I enjoyed that I enjoyed that they really utilized that character because yep. she was on screen more often than you would typically see a fairy godmother mm-hmm. and every time that she was on screen I was like oh heck yeah oh yeah more Harvey Corman yes please I think I was most surprised when I first watched this at, just at Harvey Corman as the fairy godmother because I was it was pretty surprising and it's 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 really well done comedy because again this is the 70s and this is not a super I mean Carol Burnett is awesome 
but like the 70s as a generation were iffy and i felt like this didn't feel bad in any way there were a lot of black characters but there was no notice or attention it didn't matter this movie was just totally colorblind i thought it was really fun the stepsisters were all very pretty by the way like they had weird hairstyles but it was the 70s so i really couldn't tell if those were supposed to be bad hairstyles or extra cool hairstyles because there were there were a lot of places where the movie could have taken a dark turn especially based on what we've seen mm-hmm. doing this yeah and it just didn't it oh. was like no we're just gonna keep it fun yeah we're just gonna have a good time we're not gonna put any bad things in there yeah, um so i really like that what would you change about this movie I don't even know how to answer this question. Like, this wasn't a movie. This was an episode from a comedy show. What would you change about your... What would you change about your viewing experience then? I don't... Well, I I just mean that, like, it wasn't structured like a movie. And I can't, like, assess it for plot. Because that's not the point. I mean, this is... It's like strong disagree. This is a stronger movie than about half of season one. I mean, it is more cohesive than a lot of the things that we've seen, especially a lot of the animated ones. Especially a lot of the short ones. Even some of the long ones, I would say. This is a better narrative cohesion. This is this is 24 minutes, y'all. This is a short movie. There is something about the ending that's kind of a bummer where he saw her and he didn't like her and she really liked him. So I didn't like, I didn't like that. I didn't, that's not like a funny joke for me. That's just a bummer. Yeah. But I did like at the end where they got together. So I don't know. Like, I wish that he, I, I get what they were doing with the, and now he's a square too and they're happier that way. And I wish they'd gotten at that point without him rejecting her. So I think what you wanted was the ending to the Brendan Fraser uh, Bewitched movie where the pretty girl still doesn't want him at the end, but then he meets someone. Oh, do you mean bedazzled? Bedazzled. I do mean bedazzled. I yes. was like, when was he in Bewitched? How Sorry, did I miss that? bedazzled. Those words are close in my head. No, I see what you're saying. And I'm actually thinking more of a Shrek ending. Oh, okay. Where, like, I want them to kiss, and then he becomes square, too. Oh, like a Princess and the Frog kind of thing. Yeah. That would be fun. I would accept that as an alternate ending as well. I didn't like that his entire personality got overwritten. Yeah, like, that's a bummer. Yeah, I don't don't like that. That's not funny. I, I I would rather he be like, oh... My twin is here. Bye. Or he leaves and on the way out, he bumps into, you just hear voices in the hallway and he bumps into a salesman who comes in and it is also him. He could introduce her to his brother. Right. That would be great. Or he could bring his brother along to help him try on shoes or something. There are a lot of ways there. I didn't, I didn't love the ending. Um, Yeah. That's the, that's the part that kind of stuck out at me too. I mean, it was cute and it was fun, but it was just, it was kind of a bummer in a little bit of ways. So, Talon, do you think our listeners should watch this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Go watch this. Watch this multiple times. This is great. This is so much fun. It was a, it was a real hoot. Yeah, just, uh, I had so much fun the first time I watched it. I've had the same amount of fun every time I've watched it. It just continues to be super fun every time I watch it. It's a great way to just having a bummer just watch this 24 minute thing boom not bummed anymore bummer is gone so uh what what final grade would you give this movie i don't know how to grade this oh i can i go first then oh please do a plus a plus okay a plus they did so much with so little they told an incredibly cohesive and good cinderella story this is a good cinderella they had all the cinderella points it was really funny. The comedy beats really hit without being mean to anybody as a group. So mm-hmm. it didn't have any of the things we've seen in Cinderella's that I really hated. It had all the things we've seen in Cinderella's that I really like. 
it was really funny the whole time it had a bunch of songs but they were all really kind of good i enjoyed all of the songs even the weird schlump song i liked the songs were funny really? I, I liked them i loved how over the top it was maybe the ending was a little weird and so i might give it an an a instead of an a plus but no no i'm giving it an a plus i love this this made me happy and given how badly season one went i'm I'm not going to be stingy with my praise. This is an A plus for me. Okay. I'm not quite there, but I do feel more comfortable with giving it a B plus because I was definitely in the B range before. And I was like, I don't know how serious, how seriously should I be taking this? (laughs) Uh, Based on my enjoyment, it was a B plus. Like I had a really good time. I don't know that it's like structurally that great or if the characterization was where I usually like it to be but it was it was a good time it was a good time it was a good spin as as a spin on cinderella this was fun yeah like as far as gimmicks go i'll take a 70s disco cinderella why not absolutely the whole concept of doesn't even start until midnight no you have to be home by noon that was so great i loved it that was really cute yep so would you watch it again oh i'm tempted to watch it again tonight after we get done with this i might go make garth watch it with me again so what about you would you be watching this movie again i don't think so but i also feel like at some point one of the songs is gonna get stuck in my head (laughs) and then i absolutely will be watching it again (laughs) well it's almost midnight so thanks for joining us if you liked this episode please leave us a rating or a review We'd love to hear from you, so follow us at CinderPod on Twitter and Instagram, like our Facebook page, or email us at thecinderellapodcast at gmail.com. If you want bibbidi-bobbidi bonus episodes, or to hear us discuss this week's Cinderella some more, but with more adult questions, language, and beverages, join us in the Ever After Party at patreon.com slash cinderpod. Our intro music is Bad Ideas by Kevin McLeod. You can find him at incompetent.com. So Liv, what are we watching next week? Next week, we'll be watching... Cinderella story, Once Upon a Song. I have no idea which one this is in the Cinderella franchise. I have lost count. There are still more, so this is not the last one. I think this actually might be the third one. Yeah, it's, it's a Cinderella story, another Cinderella story, Cinderella story, Once Upon a Song, Cinderella story, If the Shoe Fits, and then Cinderella story, Christmas Wish. And then Cinderella story, Starstruck. <laughs> oh, God, save us. Um, this is going to be such a bad season. Anyways, we're watching uh, Once Upon a Song next week, and I am very excited about it. Well, until then, we hope you have a happily ever after. <laughs>